four. And let's consider verse 19. Not a lot of words, but a powerful message. John writes, we love him because he first loved us. Thank you, Jesus. I like to use for a thought today, first contact, your move. First contact, your move. I don't know about you, but the brothers maybe will identify with this maybe more than the sisters, but uh, some of us, when we were little boys, we used to have sandlot uh, sports games, be it baseball or football or basketball, whatever, these pickup games. And we'd identify a couple of captains or whatever, and, and then there was a crowd there to pick from, and they would go back and forth picking one, and when you, when you got chosen, you felt honored, didn't you? <laughs> Just to be on the team. You didn't want to be left out. You weren't crazy about being a last one, but <laughs> sometimes, depending on your perceived ability. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it was good to be chosen, wasn't it? Good to be chosen to participate. You considered it an honor. Well, what I want to get across to you today is a couple of key points, but first this. The Lord initiated contact with us. That's very, very important to understand. And it's spelled out in his great verse of scripture. We did not initiate the contact with God. Sometimes we behave like we did. Like, like, like it, it all started with us. But it did not. Jesus said, and John recorded it in his gospel, chapter 15, verse 16. He said, you, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. You should feel kind of special right now. Because you were handpicked by the Lord. Therefore, it seems to me a second major concept is what then should our response be? Well, it should be one of gratitude and obedience because if that's the way we respond to God's call, it's going to give us something that a lot of folks seem to lack in life, purpose. They're wondering why are they here? What are they here for? But responding to the call of God gives you manifest purpose. And it is a calling. And it determines your destiny. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John said we love him because he first loved us. Amen. God's initial Reaching out to us begins with his self-revelation. Amen. Here's a fact. 
we just would not know him if he did not choose to reveal himself to us. If it wasn't for his self-revelation, we would see him but not know him. See him but not perceive him. Hear him but not understand him. And that hearing and understanding is critical, according to Isaiah. For in hearing the voice of God and understanding that he is calling you, uh, there comes repentance, which is a necessary element when joining the Lord. Uh, it is repentance that causes us to experience godly sorrow and to turn to him from our sins. Fact of the matter is that we were all born sinners. We were lost. Our sin broke the fellowship that humankind once had with God in the Garden of Eden in the beginning. And when you are in sin, you walk around in darkness. I'm not in reference to physical light or even the sunlight. I'm talking about spiritual darkness. You see, but you do not perceive. You lack understanding. Matter of fact, when you are living a life of sin, your whole context for processing what happens in life is off, is tainted. Sometimes you think you're having a good time and in reality you are really miserable. As I forestated a little while ago, you have to do things to pick you up and keep you up. And sometimes they're illegal, illegal or ungodly. But you tell yourself you're having a good time. What's so good about drinking alcohol until you're vomiting all over yourself? What's so good about drinking alcohol until you can't remember what you did, what you said, where you were, or how you behaved? Praise I just use that as an example because we live in a society that worships the bottle. Hallelujah. And we live in a society that smokes and, amen, every little state now is starting to legalize marijuana. And they're doing it for this. They're doing it for this. And they don't care whether you burn out the rest of the brain cells God gave you or not. And see, when you're off and you're in sin, you think smoking marijuana is a good thing. You think drinking alcohol is a good thing. You think smoking cigarettes and cigars and partying is a good thing. Most of these things are, amen, uh, uh, slippery slopes that lead your life into degradation, cause you to miss out on all the truly good things that God has. Time when you walk in darkness, amen, you may not be caught up in all the vices of life, but you worship money. Wealth is important to you. And therefore, whatever you need to do becomes justifiable if it puts a dollar in your pocket or in your account. But the Bible makes it very clear to us that that is not the case. He that loveth silver, Solomon said, will not be satisfied with silver. 
No matter how much wealth you get, you're never going to feel comfortable that you have enough when wealth is your God. You just can't seem to be satisfied. You're afraid to spend it because you're nervous about what's coming up in life. Let me tell you something. God can blow on your little wealth at any time and it can be gone. You can have something in the daytime and you it all be gone at night. Amen. And it may not be just you. Amen. The society that we live in and the, uh, our, our, our economic structure is really sitting on a bubble that can burst at any time. The fact of the matter is we no longer have enough gold in Fort Knox or wherever they keep it to really back up every dollar that's in your pocket or in your bank account. There can come a collapse at any time. It's happened in civilized countries, amen, down through the years, and I guarantee you it will happen again. You had better learn how to trust in the Lord and not in George Washington, amen, or Abraham Lincoln, amen, or John Adams, or Ben Franklin, or anybody else. You had better learn to put your trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. But when your mind is messed up with sin, amen, you're not quite sure even who God is. Hallelujah. Amen. But, uh, amen, the, the bottom line is this. They, uh, we became aware of God because he initiated the contact. John said, for God so loved the world. Not the globe, but the people in it, you and me. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I say God made first contact because the scripture says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Wasn't so much that we were looking for him, but he was looking for us. I remember as a little boy in church, I would hear some of the older saints sometime get up and say something like this. When I wasn't thinking of him, he was thinking of me. And he snatched me like a branch from the burning. Have you ever heard anybody say that? So here in his manifest the love of God, he made first contact with us. Not because we were so good. Not because we were righteous or holy at all, but because he is a God of love, he found a way to look beyond our faults and see our need and provide uh, for us what we truly needed. Uh, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul's writings, I believe in the fifth chapter, amen, of the book of Romans, Amen, Uh, maybe around verse 6 when he says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He said, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that the truth? Let the church say amen. All right, so if the Lord made first contact, the question then becomes, what should our response be when the Lord has reached towards us? Well, I think we can look to just uh, limit it to a couple examples in the scripture to get a sense for how we should respond when the Lord, amen, reaches out to us. 
I want to talk a little bit about Samuel, the young boy who was given by his mother to serve in the temple. Amen. First Samuel chapter 3 says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Eli was the high priest. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. When the Bible talks about an open vision, it means that there was no understanding of God's word. It's not talking about some grandioso idea a leader might have for where he wants an organization to go. When the Bible speaks of vision, it is speaking of the understanding of God's word. Praise the Lord. And so at that time in Israel, amen, they did not understand nor did they seek after God, hallelujah, or his word that was left on record for them to understand. Verse 2, it says, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran, this little boy, Samuel, ran unto Eli, the high priest. And he said, here am I, for thou callest me. And uh, Eli said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again to Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli answered again, I called you not, my son, lay down again. Why are you getting up here in the middle of the night waking me up, telling me I called you? Amen. He wasn't even willing to agree that he could have been talking in his sleep. Verse 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Hallelujah. God was always there. Hallelujah. But until he makes first contact, you can see him but not perceive him. You can hear him but not understand him. Hallelujah. And so here Samuel was. He did not know the Lord. Amen. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto. You ought to thank God for his self-revelation. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord was not revealed unto him. Verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived now that the Lord had called the child. Hallelujah. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down. And it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak Lord for thy servant heareth hallelujah amen and so what we see here is that the young child Samuel amen heard the voice of the Lord he was a, a listener praise God and his response was immediately he jumped up from his bed and ran to Eli he thought Eli was calling him amen when the Lord speaks to you you should respond immediately 
praise the Lord. Don't lay around fooling around, praise God, hallelujah, but jump up and see what the Lord wants. That's what Samuel did. He got up three times, the Bible tells us in verses 4, 5, and 8. Amen. He got up to run to see, amen, what Eli was calling him about. Uh, praise God. By the time we get to verse 10, amen, where Eli realizes, I didn't call you. The Lord is calling you. We see Samuel responding immediately. We see him listening now for the voice of the Lord. When Samuel, when, when Eli sent him back that third time, he, he was listening now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because there was going to be a revelation that God was going to give. And so he's listening and then humbly and willingly and obediently, praise God, he responds the way he was taught to respond. Speak, Lord. Amen. For thy servant heareth thee. You know, you have to remember, amen, the word hear in Hebrew is shma. It means to, I'm not only listening, I'm determined to obey you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, amen, it wasn't just a matter of, amen, let me just see what the Lord is saying. Amen, his attitude was such that he said, I'm not just going to hear his voice, but I'm going to obey his word. And so when the Lord speaks to us, there should be an immediacy, praise God, in terms of our response. There should be a humility in our attitude, praise God. There should be a willingness to do what the Lord says, do scrap your eyes ideas in your ways. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn from everything that's not like God and give yourself obediently to the Lord. I want to consider the Apostle Paul also. Amen. With regard to answering this question, how should we respond to the Lord? So turn over to Acts chapter 9 in the New Testament and praise God. Let's see how this great man of God responded. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 9 and 1 and Saul that was his Hebrew name yet breathing out cruelties amen breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any uh, of this way whether they were men or women he might bring them bound to Jerusalem Amen. Amen. Saul was angry with all those that called on the name of the Lord. He supposed that what they were really doing was teaching people that they could ignore the, the commandments that were given to Israel by Moses. Amen. He says they were heretics. Amen. He did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah of God. And so he was determined, amen, with all that was within him, hallelujah, to fight against this uh, sect they call people of the way hallelujah amen praise God and so the Bible tells us that he hauled men and women to jail didn't make a difference he was going all over every place he could and finally he decides to go north way outside of Israel to pursue those who called on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart amen he got his jurisdiction he got his authority amen and his legal papers and they were in hand and so he journeys north beyond Samaria into Damascus to a city called Damascus in Syria to track 
down the saints, amen, to have them beaten and jailed because he believed they were heretics. Hallelujah to the Lord. But, amen, in verse 3, the Bible says, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, that is Saul, trembling now and astonished, he was amazed, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city. Keep going where you are going. He said, And it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless. They heard a voice, but they saw no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And there, and he was there for three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Well, we learn something in those nine verses about his response. That is the response of Saul of Tarsus when he heard the voice of the Lord, when the Lord revealed himself to us, to him. Amen. He says, I hear you, amen, but I do not know you. Who art thou, Lord? I don't recognize your voice, amen, as being a voice that I am familiar with. And some of us are the same way. The Lord is speaking to us, but we just ain't getting it. It's just not clicking yet. But oh, I pray, praise God, that it will click today and God's self-revelation, hallelujah, will dawn on you. Amen. Praise God. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that is speaking to you. At least Saul had the humility at this point. Proud man that he was. Amen. Praise God. The great rabbi that he was. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, who art thou, Lord? Praise God. Lord just means sir in this case because he didn't know who he was talking to but he heard a voice and it is very interesting amen that the others heard a voice but if you read some other accounts of his testimony they just couldn't make out what was being said who was talking what was going on you're sitting right there in the seats and you're listening to this message live amen somebody is hearing the same words and they're going to hear the voice of God and God's revealing himself to them because of the way they respond hallelujah somebody else is hearing the same message is going to sit there stuck in their way hallelujah not realizing that God is bringing himself to them to reveal himself to them they're going to get up and go right out of here the same way they came in but if I were you I would say Lord reveal yourself to me open my eyes so that I can not only see but perceive touch my ears so that I will not only hear but my heart will understand amen because I need you 
I want you to help me. Hallelujah. I cannot help myself. I've made promises to myself over and over again. I break the promises to myself. I feel like a man or a woman that is in chains. I can't seem to get free from these things that are binding me. They're holding me back. Hallelujah. But I want the chains to be broken in my life. Hallelujah. And I'm finding I hear the jingling, but I don't have the strength to break these chains, get away from these vices, this way of thinking by myself. Help me, Lord. Let the church say amen. Praise God. Amen. Therefore, amen. Saul says, who art thou, Lord? And he gets a direct response. I am Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus the one that not that long ago suffered and bled and died on a cross for the sins of the whole world. Take it personally. He died for me. That's what you ought to be saying. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. Praise God. For it pleased God to put him to death so that our sins could be paid for once for all. He shed every drop of his precious blood because it's the blood that atones for sin. Hallelujah. Without the shedding of blood, Paul said, there is no remission. Sin cannot be taken away. But thank God for the precious blood of Christ because it's not just any old person's blood because we were all born sinners but Jesus was undefiled. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was separate from sinners. Jesus never did any wrong. Neither was there any guile found in his mouth. Hallelujah. Therefore, he was the perfect sacrifice unto God. Human sacrifice if you will. God never required anybody else hallelujah to actually offer a human to him. Praise God because there was none righteous. No, not one. There was none that understood. There was none that sought after God. We were all like sheep that had gone astray. We were turning everybody to their own way but the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. That's why he is savior of the whole round world. Hallelujah. That's why you can say I am the way. I am the truth. I am life. You're not going to find it in Allah. Amen. You're not going to find it in any false God man-made religion. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ is truth. He is the only way to God. He alone provides salvation. Deliverance from sin in other words. Everybody that wants to be saved has to come to through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And they've got to use that great name of God which is Jesus Christ not the titles of the almighty but 
the name of the almighty you don't know anybody named father you don't know anybody named son you don't know anybody named holy ghost or comforter you wear several hats yourself in life you have titles in life but none of your titles are your name amen when you when you want to exercise your authority amen you can't sign a, a check draft amen putting down ah because I'm a mother I'm going to write down mother you can't sign because I'm a father I'm going to sign this check father you have to have a name Whoa, glory and God has a name and it's not G-O-D that just means self-existing one Paul said there are lords many there are gods many but to us there is but one therefore he mightily declares one lord one faith one baptism and this might stick in the craw of our very pluralistic society of the day we want to believe there's multiple ways to God but there's only one way to God and that is through Jesus Christ the Lord Jesus suffered Jesus bled Jesus died he said praise God that repentance and remission of sin amen in Luke 24 verse 45 should be preached in his name oh glory hallelujah he said didn't didn't do it in the name of the son he said do it in my name he said anything you ask in my name I will give it to you therefore Paul this great apostle said whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord not son 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 but Jesus 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 whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered am I telling the truth does somebody know what I'm talking about from experience amen Solomon wrote amen thousands of years before prophetically for the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth therein and they are safe thank God for the revelation of his name because most of us were calling ourselves Christians and attending somebody's church until the Lord revealed to us hallelujah that there's a closer walk with him that true salvation is in his name and in his name alone that's why we not only pray in his name we not only say the benediction in his name we don't just anoint you with oil and pray for healing in his name but we baptize in his name for the remission of sins and we call on his name to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the spirit gives utterance because that's the plan that was established in Acts the only book of history in the New Testament they call on the name of the Lord hallelujah and they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that life giving life transforming power hallelujah to change you from darkness to light from the power of God from the power of Satan unto God so that you can receive remission of sin and praise God amen and be sanctified hallelujah and have an inheritance amongst them that are sanctified do I have anybody here that has an inheritance a sanctified inheritance I thank God for this revelation 
Hallelujah to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I said I thank God for this revelation. Praise the Lord because it's an eye-opener. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. When you hear this and you believe it, something going to change inside of you. You're going to lose that deadness and just being able to recite religious words and sounding good and something's going to change down on the inside of you because you're going to be regenerated. You're going to receive eternal life, the nature of the true and living God. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. Right now, amen, without Jesus, you just have a natural nature. But when you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, you're going to have a spiritual nature, the nature of God. And I'll forewarn you right now, there's going to be a struggle and there's going to be a battle because the old nature wants to dominate like it used to. But if you fast and pray like you should and get the word of God in you and let it be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, you're going to walk in victory, living a new life. Praise God, a life of sanctification. What do I mean by that? A life whereby you have been separated from the world and separated unto God. You're going to turn your back on the world. What I mean by that is the things of the world that you used to do that were ungodly and brought pressure. Pleasure to the natural person. Hallelujah. Now you're going to find joy, peace, and happiness in the Holy Ghost. Let the church say amen. Amen. So Paul said, who art thou, Lord? And Jesus made it clear. He said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You might fight against this, but I guarantee you, you won't win. You might discount everything I'm saying, but it's in the Bible and it's right. Hallelujah. Pentecostal apostolics have a rich heritage. We don't have anything to brag or boast about in ourselves because the Lord made first contact. He called us out of darkness over into holiness. Somebody said in upper on the king's highway until that time we were good religious people some of us but we need more than religion we need salvation and salvation comes through Jesus Jesus Christ the Lord we need deliverance let the church say amen a lot of folks are sitting up in church this morning somewhere church somewhere this afternoon but they're still not delivered they have all the right religious slogans huh? but they still having trouble with nicotine huh? still having trouble with illicit sex huh? still lying huh? still cheating huh? still smoking a joint huh? still drinking their liquor huh? still cursing and swearing huh? because all that is down in their spirit huh? oh Jesus huh? but I don't know about you huh? those of you who have been changed huh? by the power of God uh, ought to say that's the way I used to be. Uh, 
I used to do those things. I used to go those places. I used to behave that way. I used to think that way. But since Jesus came into my life, he changed my life completely. I used to sit in the church Sunday morning and sometimes Sunday night and we'd sing the old songs of Zion but we really couldn't feel anything. It was dead and dry in the church. We sang, oh how I love Jesus because he first loved me. But before we could make it to the car we'd be lighting up a cigarette. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. We'd be calling some woman that wasn't our wife or blinking and winking and at some man that wasn't our husband. Hallelujah. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Sat up in the church for maybe 45 minutes or an hour. If the service was particularly long, for an hour and a half. And you couldn't wait to get out of there. Amen. No more than you could wait to get out of a funeral home. Because everything was dead from the pulpit to the door. The preacher was a womanizer. The choir members were in the club last night. The musicians were homosexual. Hallelujah. Set up there playing around. We knew nothing but hypocrites. Was sitting all around us. And we felt like Isaiah. I'm unclean. I'm undone. And I dwell among a people with unclean lips. I know we all just messing around. And used to go out there. Amen. But you didn't feel nothing. But somewhere down inside you, you knew there must be something more than this. Got to be something better than what the reverend's talking about. The reverend can't tell you what he doesn't know. The reverend can't explain what he hasn't experienced. But I'm so glad that the Lord made first contact. Somebody said he picked me up and he turned me around. Put my feet on solid ground. Established my going. Can the dead church say amen? Y'all sitting there, praise God, like you don't know what I'm talking about. You're gospel fat. You don't give God thanks for making first contact. Amen. You act like you found him. Only reason you found him is because he made himself manifest unto you. You'll still be sitting in that dead church. Could be at the bar right now. But he made himself known to you. That's why every day everybody really got this. Like the Bible said. Or to throw up their hands and say, Lord, I thank you for making first contact. Because if you didn't come to me, I wouldn't have come to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? I was out there. Thought I was living. Living like a fool. But one day. One day. One day. You were swishing your hand around. In the cesspool of sin. In all the muck and the mire. The filth and scum of life. And you bumped up against me. Ha. 
hallelujah and you took your hand and you rested on me and you said he's mine when I come to make up my jewels he's gonna be there he's gonna be mine do I have a witness shout yeah shout yes Lord he found me yes he did he came to seek and to save he was thinking of you oh glory when he came all the way from heaven down I'm gonna find Kirby hallelujah that's my mission I'm gonna find him I'm gonna find him and if he responds I'm gonna save him shall yeah shall yeah I'm gonna find Robertson and I'm gonna find him and when I find him and reveal myself if he believes me I'm gonna save him shall yeah shall yeah he called you by your he called you by your name you're mine you're mine you're mine hallelujah 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 he knew who you were. He knew you where you were coming from. He knew what you had done. But he so loved you that he offered forgiveness for all your sin. How many of you are glad that your sins have been forgiven, taken away? How many of you are glad that as far as the east from the west, so the Lord has cast your sin away? How many of you are glad that he cast your sin in the sea of forgiveness? How many of you are glad that he took your sin and threw it behind his back? Shall yeah, shall yeah, yeah, Lord. The old songwriter said, he took my sins away. He took my sins away and he keeps me singing every day. That's why I'm glad you look at me. You said them folk are crazy, jumping all around and clapping, dancing and running, just a bunch of nuts. No, if we are fools, we are fools for Christ because we know now what happened. We know now that we were sinners. We know now that Jesus saved us from our sin. He washed us in his blood. He sanctified us. He justified us. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Come on, Jesus. I remember what Paul said. Paul said, listen, let me tell you something. It was a foreknowledge of God that caused him to know who would accept him and who would reject him. So in his foreknowledge, he predestinated 
everybody that accepted him. He said, I got a role for you and a role for you and a job for you. Now that I know you have accepted me, we're living in time, but God deals with eternity. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows the end of the story. And by the way, the lamb wins. The lamb wins. The lamb wins. That's the end of the story. Jesus, the lamb of God, he wins. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. And if Jesus wins, then you can be victorious too. Shout thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I predestinated you to be conformed to the image of my son. And if I predestinated you, then I called you. That's why you heard his voice, because he knew what you would do. Somebody said, I heard the Lord when he called me out of darkness, over into holiness, and up on the king's highway. And those he called, he justified. He made you right in his sight. You didn't have no goodness or righteousness of your own. So he gave you his righteousness. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. He gave you his righteousness. Hallelujah. Now that you're justified, he's going to glorify you. He's given you a down payment on the glorification. That's what the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is. is your down payment on what he's going to finish when this life is over. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. Hallelujah. Paul said, if this is the case, if God be for it, who can be against it? He that offered up his own son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. He raised again. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. That's why he said nothing is going to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, we love him because he first loved us. Yeah. Nothing going to separate me. Hide nor death. Any other creature. Hallelujah. Is going to separate me from the love of God. Life nor death. Hallelujah. When you love him like you ought to love him, you walk with him. You hold on to him because you know you're saved because he made first contact. Years ago when I had more time, I used to play board games. Sometimes you play against one person, sometimes a group. But one thing I remember, 
there's always a scene to be somebody who, they didn't have cell phones in those days, but they sure were acting like they were distracted with one. Praise the Lord. You had to kind of wake them up. And you said, your move. Your move. I moved. Your move now. Huh? Oh, oh, oh. Huh? And they knew it was their turn. Their turn to make a move. Now that the Lord has made first contact, your move. Your move. Huh? Now it's time for you to repent. Now it's time for you to make that move towards that pool so you can be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the Bible way. That's the Bible way. You know to find anybody in the scripture that was baptized and they said in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The Catholics started that. As a matter of fact, they didn't really even start that. Because when the Catholic Church first started baptizing, there's two things you should know about them that are proven by history. And you don't even have to look in the Bible. Number one, they baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Number two, they put people down in the water. They changed. They changed. They got away from what the apostles taught. I've seen in Israel, I've seen the big baptistry that almost like a trough that they used originally to baptize people in the water. Wasn't nobody sprinkling nothing? They decided to sprinkle when they couldn't figure out about children, what to do with children. So they said, we can't put the kids down in the water. So let's, uh, even though Greek is baptizo for baptize, let's call it raptizo and Raptizo will mean baptizo. We're just going to sprinkle some water on you, and we're going to say you're baptized, and therefore you go to heaven. But before they came up with that idea, they put people down in the water. And it took three or four centuries before they started using this phrase, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They never heard no apostles say nothing like that when they baptized, nor the followers of the apostles of Jesus Christ. They all baptized in the name of God which is Lord Jesus Christ. That's why when you search the scriptures diligently, you'll never find anyone baptized and that phrase is called in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, you'll never find it, but you will find it. You say, now you're talking some more double talk. But let me tell you why you will find it. Because if you were looking and reading carefully, you would see that Matthew 28, 19 says, in the name of of, that's the preposition, is that right? Of is the preposition. Name is the noun. In the name of the Father. Father is a noun. It is not a proper noun. It is a noun. Huh? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It did not say baptized using this phrase. The scripture clearly says, Shetamakusha. Baptize in the name of the Father. So when you slow down and don't just swallow everything you've heard, the tradition, the, the question that ought to come to your mind is, well, what is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Ghost? Because the Bible says baptize in the name of. I'm a father. I'm a son, and I'm a husband. And if somebody came to you and said, baptize in the name of the father and of this son and of this woman's husband, 
If they didn't tell you Michael Geddes and you went off and repeated Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you're still disobedient. You didn't do it. They tell to baptize in my name, not in my roles. Because I got more roles than three. I'm more than a father and a son and a husband. I'll give you one clue. I'm a pastor. That's another role. But none of those are my name. My name ain't pastor. You understand what I'm saying? You see, you can go along with this thing, kind of just going along without thinking. But it come out shatter. That's why we need to thank God for revelation. What did he mean? Not just what did he say, but what did he mean? And when you want to understand what he means, you've got to look at the Bible to see how did his disciples obey what it said. And when you see it, do it. Your turn. Your move. Your move. Your move. Your move. Your move. Your move. Hallelujah. Come on and stand with me. Maybe there's someone today who the Lord has spoken to and opened their eyes so that they can see. Let me tell you something. The God that we serve is so great, you're never going to understand everything about him. But he delights in you when you obey him. And that's what we saw in the case of Samuel and Saul. They obeyed. When the Lord spoke to them, they humbled themselves. They didn't argue. Paul was a great rabbi. He was a great Jew. He was a Pharisee. He belonged to the strictest sect of the Judaism, of Judaism. The strictest sect. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. Top guy. Sat at the feet of a great rabbi named Gamaliel. But when he asked that question, who art thou, Lord, and got that answer, he obeyed. He went on into the city, if you were keep reading, went to the house of one by the name of Ananias. He prayed for him. That is Ananias, the servant of God, prayed for him. The scales that were on his eyes fell, and Ananias told him, you got to be baptized. And when you're coming up out that water, he said, call on the name of the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting Bible. I'm not making up stories. If it's in the Bible, it's right. And that's what the man did. And he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he spake with tongues. He spake with tongues so much until he said, when he's writing to the church of Corinth, he said, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet, when it comes down to coming to the house of the Lord, I'd rather speak five words that can be understood than a multitude of words that cannot be understood. But he did not dismiss the importance, the value, the necessity of receiving the Holy Ghost baptism evidenced by speaking with other tongues as the Spirit, capital S, as the Holy Ghost gives utterance. You're a move. You're a move. And so maybe there's someone today that's willing to repent from their sins and come to the Lord and accept water baptism in his name for the cleansing of their sin.
If you're here today, raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand and come on. Now is your time. Now is your time. It's your move. It's your move. It's your move. Come to Jesus while he's given you this opportunity. Hallelujah. Somebody. Someone come. Come to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Come ye heavy.